1: Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know.
2: So keep your love, I don't get enough of it.
1: Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids.
2: Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Yay. <laughs> oh, look I at that. My right. name is Chris Lambert. My name is Travis Bean, and this is a very special episode because we are finally going to get to talk about Donda. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, man. Yeah. And talking about Donda <laughs> is something that Donda. we've been looking forward to for a little bit ever since we did Donda chant
2: oh yeah i remember the donda chant that was great and the the donda chant remix we did uh on our youtube channel that was a lot of fun
3: yeah that was some mixed reactions it did and some but, people
2: were actually pretty upset about it yeah like
3: this is disrespectful and it's like
2: <laughs> most people found the humor in it but i i guess i could yeah. see <laughs> someone would think it's yeah I can see. I can see both. <laughs> I'm, yeah.
3: None. No disrespect was intended, but I, I, I get it. I get sometimes,
2: it. Sometimes, sometimes though, you got to let a little loose. Like Donna's such a heavy album. Like it's okay to, to find some fun to have within it.
3: Yeah, and we knew that we were going to be talking for essentially fifty hours about this album, <laughs> so it's just like a nice way to kind of ease into it all.
2: Yeah. Get you need some sort of release when you're dealing with a topic this heavy. Um, and we get very, as people know and have seen, we get very philosophical on these non-episodes. So every once in a while, you need a little bit of light humor.
3: Yeah, and this is probably going to be one of the ones that gets a bit philosophical. As uh, lyrically discussing the song, I think you're getting more <laughs> into the inner contextuality, the placement of the song on the album... Uh, what you can draw from the song, the symbolism of it, more so than uh, the specific line readings. Yeah, right.
2: But, I mean, I got to say, because there are uh, a few songs in this album that are pretty short. Like, you know, there's Heaven and Hell and 24. Like, there's still full songs. There's still plenty there to pick apart. But um, it's different than analyzing something like Off the Grid. That has mm-hmm. so many parts and it's more of like a song song, like we traditionally know a song to be, especially a rap song with like several verses and featured artists and everything. This is one of the songs that from the very get-go, because like the shorter songs I think are a little tougher for me to get into because it feels like there's less to impact upon like first listen, but Donda was one that like, I felt the power of it so much. I, I, it just... It's just a piano too. There's really nothing else in the song um, besides, of course, Kanye and Donda and the Sunday Service Choir and everything. But uh, to to have no added elements and to just have this, what it is like, to just have Donda speaking, like, and where it goes to and how powerful it is. It, I, I just found this song so moving the first time, and how it's able to like achieve something like it. It heightens the album in a way. Even though a lot of the songs of the album are heightened and have these like high moments, like this one to me was like finally a moment of like, oh, this album has finally burst from the scenes. Like it's, it has gone a new direction, it's gone up. Uh, And as we've discussed the album narrative, that is kind of what this song represents.
3: Yeah. In terms of the album narrative, I mean, we're 15 songs deep now, (laughs) and there's still eight that come after this, which, man, what an album. Wow. 23 tracks like this, but uh, we've talked before how you have these, these arcs you have the, the major divides, right? That we see from Donda chant to heaven and hell being essentially act one. And then Donda to no child left behind being act two. And that really pivots on uh, heaven and hell and just this album embodying largely this concept of uh, being torn in a lot of ways like feeling these pressures being in this uh starting in this place of like spiritual emotional like physical jail and ending with a a sense of freedom and a sense of relief and a sense of like starting new again and being renewed so having heaven and hell as this midpoint and transition points um feels very powerful but then you have also donda chant and donda like kind of anchoring or starting both of these sections with donda chant being more of a i'm trying to channel my mom i'm trying to connect with my mom because i need her Mm. given the place that i'm in at this moment and the things that are stressing me out and i wish i could have her guidance and you see a lot of the push and pull that comes in from jail to heaven and hell and why Ye would be in need of his mom and his mother's guidance and then to have her presence on a song like donda it really kicks off this second part and starts us off in a new direction in terms of just an upswing of momentum and energy and spirits and you can even just see you know, like the song titles, right? The following song, Keep My Spirit Alive, Jesus Lord, New Again, Tell the Vision, Lord I Need You, Pure Souls, Come to Life, No Child Left Behind. They're so like, biblical, gospely, uplifting, and powerful. And you do have songs like God Breathed in terms of title, right? Praise God. Um, and I guess those are the only two in the in the first <laughs> 14 or 15. Yeah, first 14 that really have a little more of that like biblicalness about them, uh, that gospelness. And so it's just kind of wild to see how much after this point we go deep into that end of things uh, when it comes to the the spirituality. But we've also talked about these little um, acts that we have within the larger or no, uh, arcs that we have within <laughs> the two main acts. So, you know, Donda chant through hurricane would be kind of act one praise God through believe what I say is act two 24 through heaven and hell is act three. And then you kind of get Donda to like new again, tell the vision and then Lord, I need you to No child left behind. I'm kind of guessing moving yeah. forward. That sounds about but, right. Yeah. Right. You like you have, Donda, keep my spirit alive, Jesus Lord. And in the wake of those three songs that are kind of uh, praying and wishing for something, like you get new again, which is kind of the payoff. And then tell the vision feels like it's just kind of breaking up, um, kind of a little bit of a a break in the action. Right. Heading into the last run of songs, Lord, I need you. Pure souls come to life, and no child left behind. But. Uh, it's just like a powerful point of the album that this song, uh, rep- like that, this the placement of this song and what the song represents in the context of the journey Ye has gone on over the course of this album. When it comes to his relationship with, you know, his family. When it comes to the relationship with himself, when he's having this going through the idea of his old life kind of ending and this new life beginning and the hell of that and the potential of that, as well as dealing with the fallouts over the last few years of things that he has done in the public, um, as well as being like tensions in the industry, right? Mm -hmm. From specifically talking about Drake on some of those songs, uh, or maybe not even specifically, but as specific as you can get without naming right names talking about this track yeah yeah uh to being a mentor for a lot of younger artists and kind of leading the way not just for young artists but for other like, future generations right like Kids from Chicago, kids around America, kids around the world that are looking up to Kanye. And we get into some of that generational concept and influence uh, that Kanye is looking for from his mom, but also becoming aware of that he um, is a figure four for people younger than him. So it's a it's a cool song with a lot (laughs) going on. Yeah. But it's yeah, just emotionally, too, as you were talking about the power of it um really hits and this was at least at one of the listening parties or two of the listening parties the opening song right yeah when it was south carolina
2: uh, and pusher t was part of it yeah
1: and why kanye ain't scared i'd rather deal with the shame than take the weight of the lie every time we talk i just wait for the lies every time i get the food i just wait for the flies look just you in your prayers up they'll be waiting in the sky my, my, mom, its American Pie Was a hero after Katrina, but that levee went dry Mom met my dad back in 75 Two years later, the Chosen has arrived Holy, holy, holy father Hold me in an ocean worth of holy water. In David's slingshot hope it throws you father. You bought church stadiums built for only soccer. When a world built on lies, the truth is a threat Faith over the fortune, it kept you out of debt. It's snakes and money pits that you ain't found yet. Crooks behind the scene like he ain't drowned yet. Rain builds from the ranch to the whole town wet. God's grace rains down, that's the holy fountain Got 12,000 acres full of Holy mountains, see you almost didn't make it. Who were you without him? Holy, holy, holy Father, hold me in an ocean a holy water. Man, if Plan A worked, you wouldn't know your daughter. For every tear you cried in South Carolina, the the and the power.
4: And the power.
3: yeah. Which I know there are people that still mourn um, <laughs> the loss of the Pusha T verse and. Yeah, I've seen people talk about how that that yay Pusha T, like Trading Bars verse doesn't fit, that it does fit, that the song's more powerful. I mean, it sounds incredible. With it, without it. Yeah. Right. I go back and forth. I really like the version that we ended up getting, but uh, yeah. I do think that the version with Pusha T would have been pretty epic.
2: I, I, it all depends on how the album is structured and framed. Because Again, we've talked about this a lot, and, and this is the season I've realized it more than ever, that Kanye is the king of album narratives because he's so good at piecing together an album. Like you could take any collection of songs and form together some sort of story, or or find uh, commonalities between songs and group them together, and like and have a flow to an album. I think that is kind of an art, and I think Kanye has shown he's he's really good at it because Donda the album could have started with Donda slash South Carolina. We could have had Kanye and Pusha T there at the beginning. Like, there's something about it that feels very. Intro, like we're being guided into a story, like Connie kind of talking about his legacy and how the world perceives him coming after Donda giving the speech about her own son. Like you can see it working. Um, but the album we have, I'm not sure that would really work. The, the, the way we have Donda, the song now seems to really fit, especially when I'm thinking about the way you're describing the album and how it goes in these acts. And just again, like how. Good. Kanye seems to be at creating a track list for an album and showing those waves, both lyrically and thematically, but also sonically and production wise, the music of it. Like I'm thinking of Jail through Hurricane. There's so many brash sounds. There's so much fear in those songs. There's this need to like command God's presence. And then you think of Praise God through. Uh, believe what I say, so much antagonism, so much defensiveness, so much concentration on the micro, on the self, Um, and you kind of like becoming your own God in a way. Like you're suddenly just going to like take care of things because God's not doing it quick enough for you. And then, of course, we get 24 through heaven and hell, which are these moments where Connie is releasing control. I mean, that's what the song Remote Control is all about, like finally giving up that control, realizing that, things are bigger than you that god is guiding you on this path and you need to have patience leading us into where we are now donda and going back to the donda chant like thinking of how the album starts with this other person selena johnson saying donda's name like creating the space for donda trying to summon her presence everything i just described in this album like Donda isn't, you can sense Donda not really being there yet. Like Kanye is struggling. He's going through all of these motions. He's learning to give himself over to God before we can get to the song Donda. And suddenly it's just Donda. Uh, And then for that reason, I don't know if it makes sense to have Pusha T on there. Like this song is more powerful to me because here she is. Donda's finally here. She was here on praise God, but that was more of a, that felt more of a, uh, of the ambience of that song you know that what she was saying in her speech specifically played into that song and kind of the 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 fears and the antagonism and the ego and everything and and just kind of like the scariness of it um but donda the song it, it it we're at a transition point of the album where kanye is trying to finally get over that hill become somebody new keep his spirit alive become new again like you could see it in the song titles and to get there he needs to finally have Donda present. And that's what I think is so beautiful about this song is Donda Chan applies like, oh, I need Donda here. Like I need to bring her up because things are tough. The song Donda, she does appear, like here she is giving a full speech, like saying so many words, but she's not here. It, yeah. he's. I think he's finally channeling the spirit of Donda. He's taking something she said in her living physical body and is now carrying it beyond that body into his own life making it part of his art that's why donda works like that's why i think the way it is right now is absolutely perfect for the trajectory of this album
3: it's such a a
2: beautiful
3: thing to me and it's one of the things that artistically i get the most excited about that you would have something like donda chant and you know interpretations will vary i think we feel very strongly about the the Donda chant into Donda connection, that sense of calling out and then it taking a little bit to get the response. Mm-hmm. But when you get that response, it's such a powerful thing, right? Um, there's a movie that's, oh no, why am I gonna blank on the movie? Ooh. Oh no. Give me some clues.
2: Ah, um, uh, n- someone trying to summon somebody? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, trying to summon a relative yes uh, um, oh my
3: god I watched this I made my scary wife movie? watch it it's kind of it's intense it's not scary it's more like psychological um maybe the the dad is summoning the dad no it's a it's a child oh um it's not like dark arts or something, but it's something like that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is going to bother me. <laughs> well,
2: if you think of it, that's fine, but maybe. Yeah.
3: Just. Uh, it's, but it's this mom that loses her kid, and at the start of the movie, she hires, um, I don't think it's a necromancer. Is that is that right? Like a necromancer to help a her. A dark song? A dark song. That's oh, it. okay. Thank you. Have you seen it? I I've never even it? heard of it. Oh, man. I've definitely mentioned it in a text to you and Jordan before. Oh, okay. Because um, the last, like, five minutes had this amazing payoff that I was just like, oh, my God, uh, that is so cool. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you have this implication of uh, heaven and hell, of the afterlife, of the afterworld, but so much of that movie takes place just in... The normal day-to-day that we know and you have the the necromancer who's guiding this woman through the summoning sequence and most of the movie is them trying to do the summoning and it's taking like a month of time they're locked in this house they're doing these rituals and she's not sure if he's actually being honest or not and then things start to become a little more abnormal things start happening that start to show that maybe there is Uh, the summoning of something, but you don't know what you're actually calling out to and what's actually responding, if it's Mm -hmm. who you hoped it would be. Um, But that movie has that kind of payoff, that idea that you're doing this call at the beginning in terms of wanting to call out to a spirit, and then you wait and wait and wait, and then you finally get the payoff of a response. Mm -hmm. And I really like that structure in stories. Um, where you have just something that's set up and will somebody like pay off on it at a certain point right. point? and for Ye to do that on an album like this and as you're saying it's so emotional <laughs> yeah to like call out for his mom who has passed who has passed away what it's 14 years now yeah crazy so 14 years she's been gone and he's still like i know a lot of people thought this was going to be an album that was about like grief right in a lot of ways and there was shock when it wasn't necessarily just 808s and heartbreak 2.0 right uh but i do think that there's something really powerful about like a son recognizing that he needs his mom and working towards that moment of feeling your mom's presence And that's one of the things when people talk about, like, the art of hip-hop, right? And lyricism and artistry. And I just think there's so many different levels of just being able to do, like, a clever triple entendre Mm -hmm. versus something like this. Where it's, like, much more on the macro, how you're structuring things how you're setting up with just a song called Donda chant and then the themes and topics, everything that you ran through in terms of the, the tones of both the, the lyrical content and the production from those like mini arcs leading up to this moment and what we get after that. That's just such a different degree of artistry and lyricism than having a great flow or having like some clever rhymes.
2: It's so much more, I mean, obviously it's more ambitious if it's 23 songs compared to yeah. Yay, Kitsy Ghost, and Jesus is Keen. Like all those songs add up together are about the length of Donda. And a lot of people looked at Donda and I, it, I could see, you know, the journalists and art critics around the world, like writing the headline in their head before they even listen to it. It's a mess of an album. It's too long. It's too, it, Not even too ambitious would be too kind of a way to describe it for them, like referring to this album it's just like a bloated mess uh that how could it possibly be about the grief of dealing with your mother Uh, how could it possibly be a tribute to your mother if it's this long rambling mess of an album and if you're only looking at the album as like compared to what albums usually are or compared to like what Kanye had done lately i guess like yeah you could come to that conclusion but i think (laughs) as we're pointing out it's so much more complicated than grief. Uh, it's yeah. so much more complicated than like, I want to make my mom proud of me. It's it's something bigger. Like when you're describing the fallout of losing your mom, of dealing with grief, of not knowing which way to go in the wake of like not having your mom there to like guide you where to go, it, it's it's bigger than, than something simple it, not that you can't achieve all those things of a shorter album but kanye took another route and he took a an ambitious route that it, it does require these long stretches it requires like a few songs to get at a specific part of his psyche something he's going through something he's trying to overcome And when you start to do that with an album, it becomes something bigger. It becomes more like an epic movie, not the movie, epic movie. Uh, It's not anything (laughs) like that. There's no, there's no fart puns in here. Um, It, it's, it becomes an epic. It becomes something that is addressing many different topics. Yet in the end, all of the things you've touched on get at a larger whole. And what this album I think is really getting at is who Kanye is without his mother's physical body? Like, who has he become? Who, how how would his mom see this person? Like, is he living up to her standards and the way she raised him? Like, is he reaching the point she would want him to reach if she was here and talking to him and guiding him? How do you deal with all that? Like, and how do you establish that connection when you can't physically establish it here on Earth? Like, what does that look like? And who are you? with that in mind like with her spirit there it, it's such a convoluted convoluted or complicated approach to an album that's not easy to achieve and because of that people of course will call it a miss um but i think as we're pointing out here in the show i mean we're going line by line note by note like we're, we're tearing it apart like Kanye's just done such an incredible job structurally like each song is like another piece of the puzzle, like him slowly getting there. Y- you have to be alone for the hour and 20, whatever minute ride it is. If you want to fully be part of that journey, he really asked a lot of you for this album. And for that, I'm just like, man, this guy's to go. Like, he's just like, he's really <laughs> going for it. He's doing, he's just taking chances. I feel like no other artists are taking. I, Yes completely
3: completely agreed very and very well said i mean even you talking about like that that like who are you getting into the identity aspects of this mm-hmm. and it's it's Kanye and the identity like looking at the identity of not just after his mom passed right which was really a focus of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy jesus uh the life of pablo right mm-hmm. and then even in the aftermath of his hospitalization looking at his emotional states on yay, Kitsy Ghost, uh, finding a new direction on Jesus King. But it's the loss of his mother. It's also the ending of his marriage. And it's also just where he's at in his life at this point as a 44-year-old trying to figure out like, okay, what is my legacy? What's happening? Like, how do I face like where I'm at at this point? And the previous song that we talked about, Heaven and Hell, which is the main tipping point of the album, you have him saying things like, uh, what? New level of the game now, simulation change, no more problems, no more argue, no more asking, who really are you? Right? Like Hmm. that identity question. Like, oh, who am I? Which is something that he talked about in 2018 and 2019 as being a real problem in the aftermath of the hospitalization. Him not feeling like himself and trying to get back to being Kanye, the superhero. Yay the superhero. And even like him changing his name during the making of this album, right? Mm-hmm. Getting rid of Kanye West, becoming Yay. Uh, there's a lot that gets wrapped up in identity. Um, that having the previous song be who really are you and then having the last line of this song being what did I teach him and why Kanye ain't scared which is kind of getting into yeah who am I I'm Donda's son like I'm who my mom raised me to be and you go from that kind of pivotal question and uh, like determination, right? Like, I know who I am now, to then having a song where Donda just lays out, like, yeah, right. my kid is amazing, and this is who he is. And then you run off from there into all of these uplifting, empowering songs.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's just a... that's a step beyond, like, it's an album about grief. Like, it's about... no, it's so much more than that. It's like, who do you become in the wake of grief? Like how do you deal with it and how do you become stronger as a result of it? I know that's not a way people like to think about grieving, but it's kind of a reality. It's what I've heard from a lot of people that there's a strange empowerment that comes from losing somebody because you do want to, you, you want to make them proud from beyond. Like you want to live up to the legacy. You you want to carry on their legacy that so like once you lose somebody, there's suddenly this weight and it can be, there, obviously there's both a bad way and a good way in that you know you have something to aspire to now
3: yeah which I've told you the moment my dad passed away um, which I believe was 2.24 a.m. Um, my mom was 12.15 a.m. but that was uh, June 27, 2007 2007 yeah Um, I remember just seeing like a mountain in a swamp and a path that led up the mountain and a path that led down to the swamp. And just in that exact moment, standing in the hospital next to my mom, next to the doctor, just deciding, no, I want to walk the path upward. I don't want to go into that swamp. And that made all the difference in terms of just my perspective on, everything moving forward in the wake of dealing with that and then when my mom passed a few years later it was that same kind of thing like are you going to trudge down into that swamp and let it overtake you or are you going to keep climbing and know that you're climbing towards them for them for yourself for everything like putting the legacy and lineage and all of that on your back um it's a big moment but uh, and, quick
2: aside. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Uh, it's just like everyone has their own path for something like that. Like some people it takes longer. And, and I think that's the beauty of Donna is like Connie's describing this journey in such a unique, vulnerable way where he's not afraid to cast himself as this villainous figure once in a while. Somebody who's not quite doing it right. Somebody maybe isn't doing things that would make his mom proud, but is still like working on himself is still like trying to figure all of that out. I mean, that's it's just not easy to do. yeah Yeah.
3: while also like working through the process of the grief of losing your wife losing your family right and what that means it's it's nice that there's like layers and the album is like dynamic in that way but I can't remember if we pointed this out when we did the praise God episode I don't know if we did but when Travis Scott says in his verse I'm still up on top and Mm -hmm. he's like bragging because he is one of the top artists in the world right now and so he's like, I'm still up on top. And then you have baby Keem like still outside, still outside. <laughs> and just that dichotomy, right? With how, where Travis is in his career, where Keem is in his career and one celebrating being on top and Keem being like, yeah, I'm still outside, but you know, one day I'm going to get inside and up on top. <laughs> I just yeah. like a little bit of that, uh, that call by callback by Keem. I like that. Yeah okay uh should we get into some of the lyrics
2: yeah there aren't many from kanye
3: forever
1: can you hear me yeah forever
4: forever, forever,
1: mm-hmm. glory
4: it
3: feels good to be home. To Starts with "forever," which is definitely a call out to the Drake song "Forever." No, I'm kidding. Uh,
2: <laughs> wow, that'd be a wild move.
3: That yeah, could you imagine? Uh, we know that later on in the song, right? We finally get to the chorus. That's it's, it's the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Mm-hmm. So the forever up kind of foreshadows that idea. The same thing when we get like, oh yeah, glory, glory, glory. We kind of get this sense of like spirituality. And because there is no context, at least right at the beginning, we just know that the song title is Donda. It kind of also has this sense of... You know, the spirit of Donda living on forever, the glory of Donda living on forever, especially when you get forever and glory heading into her spoken word. But we also know by the time that we get to that chorus that it's referring specifically to God and God's kingdom and power and glory and all of that. But Kanye, ever since Only One, I think, has been conflating uh, his mom with heaven with god's power with godliness uh Mm -hmm. she has kind of become like the angel that connects him to god in heaven in that way you saw it specifically on the song only one uh you saw it in the video game concept for only one where it was donda on a pegasus flying through like the heavens um and now you're seeing it here like she continues to be kind of this uh, spirits, and you're just having a lot of the times when Kanye mentions Donda, also having this sense of heaven and God that ends up tied up with it.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously there's something uplifting to the idea of forever, especially at this point of the album when we see Kanye giving control over to God, and he's finally getting to this point where. That could be a part of his life fully spiritually. But the way he says forever, it's it sounds solemn, right? Like it's not like, it isn't blowing up like the, fr- the, the choir does. Mm-hmm. It's not this like overpowering light that's like filling the room. It's just like, it's very somber. It's quiet. There's just a piano there. Um, but you mentioned only one. And that's very much an uplifting song about his mom. That kind of has a similar energy to that, so I, I'm kind of thinking about this in the moment. Um, I, I I think there are layers to how you can read Connie's tone and um, just how optimistic the song is. I mean, it is an optimistic song. I don't want to paint it as not that. Like, it's it's about his mom. It's about reaching his mom. His mom's voice is there. There's an uplifting choir. Like, obviously, the song is going up. Uh, but I, I also think there's a realness to the song where in the moment where you realize that you are ready to move on in quotes, that you are um, ready to accept that like your mom's out there and you can always, but you can still always have her there. Like there's a moment of sadness that comes with that. Like it reminds me of Moon when Kid Cudi says like, angels say, uh, they're watching over me and everything's going to be okay, but eh, sometimes it does, I feel like things are going to be okay. Um, I feel like there's a reality to this opening that's very powerful and important for the song, heading into Donda's voice, that there's some, th- that there's still conflict with Kanye, that he, it, just because you've reached this moment and you're ready to let God into your life and you're ready to like summon the spirit of Donda, like, you still have to recognize she's not there, that you still have a lot of work to do. And I, I feel like that sense is kind of there with the song, and I really like that. <laughs> I like that as well. <laughs> I, I don't like it uh, in terms of, like, Connie being sad, but I, I just like that its it feels real. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this is a
3: little bit, which we'll get into it later, but this song is an interpolation or a revamp of a Sunday service song called in the morning that was initially going to be part of Jesus is King. And then ended up revamped for like 2020 Donda and then ended up Mm -hmm. like finding its final form on this album. Um, It's just funny to see how songs that like how Kanye just kind of keeps working on a piece of music and sometimes it stays very similar the way Hurricane did mm-hmm. or sometimes it gets broken up and like elements of it get brought into this uh, which is the same thing that happened to Brothers, right? Uh, the piano from Brothers, uh, the instrumental from Brothers ended up becoming the the core of violent crimes. Right. Hmm. Um, oh, and there was also when we're talking about Donda and like Donda's presence on the album, I could imagine somebody being like praise God. She talks on praise God. Why haven't you mentioned her presence on praise God? Does it that interrupt the whole theory that you're having about Donda chant Donda?
2: And like, yes and no. I mean, mean, she definitely, yeah. uh, We talked about it a little bit up for praise God. Her, her presence on praise God feels more, um, she feel, almost feels like a tool for that song, like to introduce this idea of going into the night and that the, there being a stretch of songs where it feels like nighttime and contributing to like the ghostliness of that song. It, she almost plays a character on that song um, and just introduces her presence and like that she is part of this atmosphere and part of the, the I guess the aura of this album. But There's something way different between that and having several songs leading to this moment where you're trying to like find spiritual ascension. And then finally she comes in full and says several things. Like those, to me, those are two different things. Yeah. I mean, I would ground it as just
3: like a flickering, right? Right. You get this moment where she's present, but not fully there yet, right? In the way that you're saying, where you get this whole speech from her it's this brief moment where she's really quoting the words of someone else right so it's it's like Donda talking but really it's Donda speaking someone else's words so there is a little bit of a distance there as well um and you're right it does kind of blend into more of the context of the song rather than just her having her own space the way this is but I, I almost imagine it's Strange to probably compare it to Fight Club, but uh, in Fight Club, at the beginning, you have the opening scene has Edward Norton and Brad Pitt, Tyler Durden, and says, I'm going to tell you how I met Tyler Durden. And you have all of these, like a few scenes with Edward Norton where Tyler isn't present at all. And then you have moments where Tyler just flickers on screen, just for an instance, and it's like, oh, his, his presence is starting to build. And he's getting closer and closer to appearing. And then he finally does. So it's just like you have like nothing, a flicker of presence, and then the actual appearance. And that's something that you see in horror movies all the time as well, not to compare it to a horror movie. But whenever you're building up to this arrival of uh, a figure that of great importance you tend to have it be a little bit of not present um, moments of presence before they're fully present in the story and narrative.
2: <laughs> I love how often you think of critics of this show and respond to that before they can criticize something we've said.
3: <laughs> I, just I just hear it care. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Do I care too much? Too much? But yeah, yeah that somebody would be- has to care. Yeah, that would be why praise God doesn't necessarily interrupt what we're saying, right. or uh, so we're right. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> that's what I care about. It's not what that's the critics will say. It's just I care about being right.
0: <laughs>
2: right, and we agree on that. All I care about is being right. Yeah.
3: So you have the forever and then you have Kanye kind of in the background as he's singing, saying like, can you hear me? Which is delivered in a way that it sounds just like Kanye momentarily. You can imagine him in the studio with the headphones on, like saying forever, forever. Can you hear me? Like, can you hear that? Okay, forever. And then getting back into it. But it works in that dual sense, right? Because it's like... Maybe the intent. Maybe it was an unintended thing in terms of just you know in the process of recording. You hear rappers do it all the time, right? Like turn my right. mic up, like right. uh, like raise the audio. You just hear those little moments uh, of realness. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh. <laughs> exactly, right. Um, but then it also works in the sense of how we're talking. Like he's trying to reach out to Donda and him saying, "Can you hear me?" It yeah. almost feels
2: like him asking his mom like can you hear me it's it's beautiful chris knows this about me like my favorite things movies any usually it's movies that do this kind of thing uh, that can do is is just be meta and tooling with like the f- the, f- the art form and um breeding the audience into a song yet also projecting yourself out of the screen and revealing how the filmmaking process is part of your art and you dealing with the subject matter I, I find all of that fascinating and to me yeah, you're describing that's exactly what this line is to me so when I hear Connie say that like I get chills like i I love that little moment because it kind of removes the the musicality from it and it makes it just feel very real like you really do feel Connie in the studio and he is saying like can you hear me to us and to donda like he's trying to, bridge the space between like art and something just something else, like reaching your mom, like reaching the listener, like conveying this thing you're going through. Uh it, it's just it reveals to me the, the beauty of art and and how naked the artist can be sometimes when we listen or watch something. It's it's very vulnerable and revealing.
3: Slap an R rating on this on this song.
2: <laughs> why what did I say uh for the for the nudity you know the nakedness oh naked yeah sorry about that YouTube <laughs> what no
3: no it's not a YouTube thing it's just <laughs> it's just a joke on nudity you
2: know? well I I did take off my shirt halfway through this episode
3: oh okay okay I thought that's what I you mean, were referring to bold choice I respect it
2: you know uh, what it's uh, the sun's out today. I'm looking to get a little extra tan and uh, the windows open. I'm going for it. Guns out, baby.
3: Hmm. Uh, sorry, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you also have like, can you hear me? And that going to forever, right? And the for, the second forever following that, you could, you know, tie it back to it. Like, can you hear me? Yeah, forever. Like, you'll always be able to hear me talking to his mom, talking to the audience, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we get like glory 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 which starts to bring in some of the the religious aspects and the godliness of it all and that transitions into the spoken word from Donda
4: it feels good to be home and to all of you I thank you so much for your support for your support of me for so many years and more importantly for the work you continue to do what do you want me to talk about Well, he said something that was a little bit dangerous. He told me I could talk about anything I wanted to. And you know, I am my son's mother. (laughs) The man I describe in the introduction as being so decidedly different, my son. And what made the project extra special to me is I got a chance to share not only what he has meant to me, but what he has meant to a generation. As one writer said, we came from somewhere, not just from the wombs of our mothers and the seeds of our fathers, but from a long line of generations who came before us. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom. And the power.
3: This is a speech. We talked about this in the um, Praise God episode, but it was a October 2007 speech uh, that Donda gave, which, you know, Damn. not very close to her passing in November. Yeah. And it was the Gwendolyn Brooks Writers Conference with Gwendolyn Brooks being a famous poet from Chicago. And Donda was giving the keynote address. Her book Raising Kane had just come out. And it's a pretty lengthy address. It's a 30-minute speech, uh, which the whole speech is on YouTube. Unfortunately, not uh, a full video of it. Yeah. But it's a, it's a pretty like thoughtful beautiful speech that's getting into a lot of topics in terms of as even Donda I think mentions here Mm -hmm. uh, about getting into like children and arts and hip-hop and being an influencer in her own history and race and American history Uh, you can just get an idea of how confident Donda was how intelligent she was how commanding she was also Uh, like
2: has a bit of an edge to her like again Mm -hmm. we've talked about this in the show like i whenever i thought of donda i just thought of my own mom you know nice older woman like you know tells you not to do certain things like to me this when she says like i am my son's mother and like she gives this little laugh i was like oh like that's kanye (laughs) Like that, she she has like a, she has such a personality in a way I, I never allowed her to have mostly because I, I didn't know her. Um, yeah. And I had never looked up much about her. The most I'd seen of her is her dancing with Connie on Oprah. You know, I, it's not like I've sat down to watch a 30 minute speech from her, but when you listen to the same, like you're right. She is just like, she's Kanye. Like she's, she's thoughtful. <laughs> she's smart. She says, she thinks outside the box a little bit. She'll she kind of pushes the envelope a little bit. She just—you could tell how Kanye came from her. Yeah, yeah, very much. That it—it's
3: not just the the generic sweet old woman, Yeah. right? That's just <laughs> like, oh, you just go ahead and be you. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and <laughs> read my book. <laughs> like, no, no, there's like a whole, <laughs> yeah, right, They're world a of thought and feeling. Yeah. Um. So I think the speech is really nice to have in that way of, and you get it if you read raising Kanye in more detail. You do see a lot of that, yeah. but you don't hear the tone of her
2: voice, right? Exactly. Yeah, because Which that's is, right. We had both read the book, and I still didn't have this idea about her.
3: Mm-mm. Like you get the the intelligence and the depth of thought, but just not the not the humor that's coming through right. in some of these lines. Not the the confidence that's coming through. So. Uh, you know, it's a great, it's a great inclusion. So, Mm. Uh, and to all of you, I thank you so much for your support. So back home in Chicago, she's thanking uh, the people there for your support of me for so many years. Uh, You know, English department at Chicago State University, which would be why she has ties to a lot of people in the poetry and uh, literary communities in Chicago. And more importantly, for the work you continue to do, what do you want me to talk about? Well, he said something that was a little bit dangerous, and that's uh, Karash.
2: Yeah, the guy um, who hired her to do the, or asked her to do the speech.
3: Yeah, when Rachel, Lindsay, and Karash al called and invited me, one of the first questions I asked Karash was, what do you want me to talk about? Well, he said something da- uh, a little bit dangerous. <laughs> he told me I could talk about anything I wanted to. And you know I am my son's mother. And that's where she laughs. And it's not just like a laugh. It's like a, ho, ho, ho.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're in for it now.
3: yeah uh the man i describe uh as in the introduction as being so decidedly different my son um and then (laughs) it's funny because kanye kind of cuts out a little bit yeah it,
2: it really jumps around the speech
3: Yeah, I wanted you to know I am my son's mother, but Koresh must have remembered that because quickly he narrowed the topic down a bit and suggested that I might read excerpts from my book, Raising Kanye Life Lessons from the Mother of a Hip-Hop Superstar, and talk about the intellectual prowess, as he put it, of hip-hop as well as about hip-hop and social justice. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why Kanye didn't put
2: that in the song. Yeah, right? Oh,
3: (laughs) <laughs> uh but I am my mother's son or I am my son's mother. uh the man I describe in the introduction is being so decidedly different, my son. And what's interesting, you hear Kanye come in and it's a little hard to determine what he says, but he says when you're running out of time and you're not out of time, which, which we did talk about this ahead of the no, the episode of all to get clarification. there's uh one other moment of this. Which a few lines later, you get Kanye saying, or you get Kanye and Stallone saying together, change the time. So it's like this idea, you feel like you're running out of time and you're not out of time, right? Right. So a little bit of a paradox. Right. um, But also gets into this idea of like forever, right? Like you lose someone and that's running out of time, but you're also not out of time because of the kingdom, the power, the glory forever this spirit that stays alive all of that but then to have like change the time that's the action right so it's like you have a setup which is running out of time and then this action that you take which is change the time like take control don't let that be the way that it is so i mean i don't know if i have anything special specific right now that's like a big revelation about the song or about the album but I think just generally looking at that and the idea of this being a start of the next act of the album and a change in direction for Ye on the album um, this idea of like change the time change how you're going about things like change is the name of the game at this point so I think that's more having that tied into the speech from his mom and Kanye kind of finding that new direction that we talk about right it just feels like it plays into that
2: yeah it just feels heavy to me I, and i think that's something maybe we just haven't gotten into enough like we've talked a little bit on this episode about it how there is a bit of a soberness just to the the tone of the song like it's an uplifting sound there's a choir there and everything but it's just this kind of like melancholic piano in the background the whole time and kanye sounds somber and that's what i think i'm taking away from these lines like when you're running out of time and you're not out of time like I, i think you're right it describes this idea forever and how daunting that can feel and how difficult that can seem to to like why are you even bothering with anything here on earth like in this moment like it's your spirituality the idea of heaven and and being with your loved ones like that idea runs forever that you're part of this infinite thing um and i think realizing that and accepting that and still like living here on earth and like trying to change like with all that in mind like that's very heavy and it and it brings a not that it brings darkness to this to the end of the album but it brings a heaviness to what is a pretty like light into the album where we see somebody getting better and working on things, dealing with a lot of tough situations, but ultimately like working on themselves in a good way and going on an upward trajectory. So I kind of always took that from these lines and Connie in the background that he's not just like running around, like with his hands up going, yay, mom's back. It's this kind of, it's this realization that you suddenly get about yourself and your time here on earth. When you think about somebody who isn't there anymore. When you think about what you're going to do to honor them and carry on their legacy there, there's just a lot there to take on that can uh, feel very daunting. Yes.
3: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's not easy getting things right. Right. Cause usually when things are wrong for so long, it takes uh, a bit of heavy lifting to start getting to the spot that you want to be. Right. Um, it's not a, a quick change or an easy change. And you, we see that, you know, with come to life. And that's not this triumphant, like, I am back to life. Yeah. I am free. It's, it's thinking a about song the mistakes where, you've made and everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it ends with this kind of positive, like, you know, like when I'm free, I'm free. Right. And we get in another song, like, trying to do the right thing with the freedom that you gave me. Um, so, yeah, he's exploring that. But, yeah, it's, it's tinged with this heaviness.
2: Uh, it, that's the beauty, I think, of Kanye's recent run of albums is there's always more work to do. Like, that's why his albums kind of have this open-endedness in a way. Like, there's a logical conclusion to the album and what he's discussing, but there's still this, like, tiny part of, like, there's more work to do like i like thinking of saint pablo or violent crimes or cutting montage like taking on this bigger task like whether it's fixing yourself or like trying to help others i love how his albums never seem to just end with like i made it i did it i'm changed and i'm good (laughs) you know it's it's very real in that sense it's always challenging himself yep uh so we get my son
3: and that's when the running out of time, you're not out of timeline comes in. And what made the project extra special to me is I got a chance to share not only what he has meant to me, but what he has meant to a generation. Hell yeah. And, you know, maybe the change of time also, you know this idea of what Ye has meant to a generation and the change that he has been trying to bring about in terms of hip hop, in terms of fashion, in terms of music and arts and culture and everything that he's (laughs) kind of done. Right. Uh, He's been an agent of change, right? Uh, He considers himself a glitch. He feels connected to Neo from the matrix, this idea of the simulation, which is something that not to go back to heaven and hell for the 800th time (laughs) in the show, but (laughs) like on heaven and hell, he talks about being on a new level and simulation changed. So like the simulation being the world that we're living in, right? And the way that world works and changing that. So you could view that maybe in context of that as well. But um, that idea of what he has meant to a generation and what he has meant to me, uh, I think gets to what we were talking about in terms of the personal realm and Kanye on this album really exploring, you know, things with Kim, things with his family, things with just where he's at spiritually mentally emotionally but also socially like the way in which and not only society has responded to him but the way in which he is mentoring and guiding and the responsibility he feels as a parent not only Mm. to his kids but to other artists who are coming up to other people from chicago and we have talked a number of times about how so many of the featured artists on this album are young artists that he's giving a chance to really shine right he's not just going with the the biggest names he can go with that are going to uh like make sure that the song plays well on spotify or gets a ton of streams he's going with a lot of up-and-coming artists and really letting them shine and there's some people that i think would cynically frame that as well that's because you know kanye doesn't want to rap that much or write that many lines he's relying yeah, that's right. on the features yada 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 but <laughs> if that was the case i don't think we would have an album <laughs> this long and it's something that like frankly he's done for a while like you yeah. see early like college dropout late registration he's bringing up and putting a, a focus on other people on his level but also trying to shout out mentors work with mentors right? Like he's trying to get Jay-Z and Nas on the same album. He's trying to give like Quelly and most deaf, more of a platform and show them for the, the geniuses that they are. He's giving common, like some flowers, uh, all of that. And he always brings in younger artists on each album as well. So it's not the first time he's done something like that, but it just feels with this album being as huge as it is that, and that, In the lyrics themselves, there tends to be a little bit more of this self-awareness of doing it specifically because of where he's at in his career and what that means. I'm thinking even looking ahead to praise God a little bit and not praise God, uh, pure souls. And just I think this line, what he has meant to a generation, is a key part of one of the the main sub themes of this album when it comes to yay, really trying to lift up a younger generation of artists.
2: Oh yeah. I I completely agree that there's a timelessness to this line and kind of getting at the foreverness of this song. Like she said this, she said this line, what he's meant to generation 14 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Like he meant to something to that generation and still means something to a new generation. 14 years ago, he didn't have kids today. He has kids it's mm-hmm. it's this line that carries a whole new meaning it carries the same meaning but like means something it, it has more meaning now like it carries more weight and i think when you think of that timelessness of that line like it really gets at the idea of legacy and how important your actions are and how long the impact of those actions can last like really thinking about your impact in the world and to even ever get to that point to have that positive impact like you got to work on yourself like you have to be ready you have to be in a state a healthy mental state to be that inspiration to people and that is such a big part of this album too like that's a big part of reestablishing that connection with donda that's part of um fixing his relationship with kim and making sure like things are set right for his kids like he has to think of his mom in those moments too it it's just so beautiful how it all comes to fruition and all works together
3: yeah yeah beauty is the name of the game for kanye mm. um and then as one writer said we came from somewhere not just from the wombs of our mothers and the seeds of our fathers but from a long line of generations who came before us and i mean that just reinforces yeah. everything we are kind of talking about like You know, Ye is from a long generation of the rappers who came before him, the designers who came before him, the people from Chicago who came before him, his parents, his grandparents, his great-grandparents. And in that same way, he's inspiring all these people in the future that are going to point to him as kind of a a father figure, whether that's in their creative aspects or, like, literally (laughs) as their father um, or grandfather, you know? So... And wow. uh, just the generation aspect is just uh, an interesting sub theme
2: on this album. It's just, after all that discussion, to think that the last song is No Child Left Behind. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. This guy knew what he was doing.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too, right? Like No Child Left Behind. We're going to make sure that we're like, like he's wow. the child in that in that sense, but he's right. also the parents. And that's also the place that he's in now. We've talked about that before too, that Ye isn't just like thinking about his mom in terms of being a kid. He's also thinking about, you know, being a parent to his kids as well. And I'm sure thinking about the fact that, okay, his parents got a divorce when he was young. Now he's getting a divorce when they're young, like feeling right. in some ways closer to his mom than ever before.
2: Mm. wow i don't know what else to do but keep praising this album so maybe we should move on it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when
3: you win like are you a fist pumper It's after that from a long line of generations who came before us where we get, it's the kingdom
2: oh, so and
3: powerful. the power. And
2: you get and the world famous Tony glory. Williams doing it like family is suddenly on the song about Donna. Yeah. it's just beautiful.
3: Yeah. For those that don't know, Tony Williams is Kanye's cousin. Yeah. Um, his like, mom's sibling's child. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's that's huge right specifically on this song to have Tony there um love it and yeah the the idea of generations of multitudes it's not just uh, a mother and a son, but it's many and that's yeah. the kingdom right we're all part of this kingdom supporting each other being part of this larger thing um and that's the power and the glory forever. this is um, derived from uh matthew 6 in the, the bible prayer. the lord's prayer which is pretty famous um, <laughs> i've said it a few times ke- yeah. i have never said it but <laughs>
2: i would always say uh, it in church, you know everyone says it at the same time
3: yeah maybe when i a few times like i went to f- church with friends as kind of a novelty yeah right. maybe i said it with them but they all had everything memorized
2: oh yeah like, for sure i still have it memorized
3: I go to temple and we'd always like have the um the Bible i is it the Bible what is I guess it's the Bible, the Old Testament <laughs> uh the prayer book, the prayer book Wow. you would have truly the prayer book
2: coming in blind here,
3: yeah, and you would flip through the same pages every time. like people had some things memorized, but it wasn't at least for me, it wasn't so memorized um i always needed a book but it was always funny going to church and nobody had anything and i'm like where's a book i can read yeah (laughs) um but the prayer will be familiar to any of those uh who may have watched any movie or tv throughout their life uh our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty consequential uh, in terms of a prayer. Because you get this idea of praying to God and that kingdom shall arrive on earth. And it's in this time that we are on this earth. Like, please provide for us forgive us the things that we do allow us to forgive the people that do some things to us and then like keep us from the devil and temptation. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty like solid all around prayer. (laughs) (laughs) That's a
2: solid prayer right there. It's totally legit.
3: Yeah. The section that it comes in, um, I don't know who's speaking, but it's somebody talking about how to best be, um, religious And it's like, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, hey, and on the streets (laughs) to be honored by others. Uh, And then there's a section on prayer. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, hey, and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full, which seems sarcastic. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. So the Lord's Prayer is essentially this global kind of all encompassing prayer that it recommends, like just hit on these points. It's short sweet, but gets at the core things and ends with, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So I think the, the key thing, if you want to extrapolate from that is just this idea of forgiveness forgiving of debts, forgiving debtors and not being led into temptation and being delivered from evil. Right. And we've talked about (laughs) specifically that how much this album has mentioned angels and demons, Mm -hmm. God and the devil and the temptation of the devil, the whispers of the demons and heaven and hell. 801st time, Uh, it talks about making devils pray now. And now here, you have essentially like deliver me like after the triumph that is heaven and hell and like finding this new direction, finding this new spirit, you come out of it with this empowerment and this, like I am ready to do everything that I need to do to be the person that I should be. And yeah, like the Lord's prayer here kicks off what is a very religiously driven final stretch of the album.
2: It also feels like more than that though. Like, because the the lord's prayer it's this it's aspirational it's it's you honoring god and how you will continue to honor god and how if you do all these things like this is all part of the trek towards heaven and being with god and when the sunday service choir comes in here and the world famous tony williams like it feels like it's been achieved almost like it feels so present and it, it, not that, like, oh, I've, I'm in heaven, but this idea of, like, y- you can bring that energy down here on earth. Like, you can have Danda here. You can have God here. You can channel a God from within. It's This is all the kind of stuff Kanye's always talked about. But here, it feels so climactic in a way and so real in a way that I'm not really sure we've gotten from a Kanye album. Like, it, it feels so glorious and uplifting in a way that. It, especially when we think about the album structure and the narrative we've been talking about, like the all the work Connie's had to go through to reach this point in time right here. Like it, it just feels so, it just feels so real. Like it, it just feels like he's finally like gotten over this hill and is ready to like bring the power of God down, ready to be here with Donda. It, it, I don't know. It just seems to go beyond the prayer in that way.
3: Yeah, like very much beyond the prayer into that like I am it's fully kingdom. charged right <laughs> like yeah uh, let's go I got this I'm ready I feel connected to my mom like especially in the wake of his mom's presence right having right. this eruption it's not the somberness of 24 it's not the emptiness of God breathed it's not even the light in the midst of darkness that is praise God this is just sunrise right this is the day that's finally arrived and you get that like just wash of lights in the voices like it's the kingdom <laughs> right yeah. uh it's beautiful it's such a great moment one of my favorite moments on the album yeah love it uh, and then we get just forever 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 <laughs> uh glory 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 so the song like builds up has that crescendo and then the outro repeats some of the stuff that we got from the beginning except at the very end we get that what did i teach him and why kanye ain't scared which just comes back to this idea of uh, a son and his mother right like what did a son learn or what did a child learn from a parent's And Kanye not being scared and Kanye remembering that, right? It's him having this memory of his mom saying that. It's him reconnecting with the idea that, you know what? I'm not afraid. And that calls back to what we talked about on Jesus is King, uh, that in the first few songs on that album, you know, Sella, Follow God, um, Closed on Sunday, and on God, there's a lot of fear in how Kanye is responding to everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, Sela, he wants to be, like, a soldier going to war in God's army against anyone that's doubting. Follow God, he's screaming at people (laughs) and being told that he's not Christ-like. Uh, closed on Sunday, it's very defensive. Like, you know, closed on Sunday, like Jezebel, stay away. Like, I'm going to fight for my family and my kids. And then on God, he's talking about like not wanting to pay taxes and how he's charging the prices that he charges because he can't be going on dancing with the stars. And there's a lot of defensiveness to everything before everything we need comes in. And everything we need is such a reminder of. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Like God will provide for you. It's going to be okay. And what we get in the aftermath of that is water, which is symbolic of baptism. And then God is, which on an album that's supposed to be a gospel album, really the first like full gospel song Mm -hmm. that we get. That's just this pure praise, like wonderful song. And then you get the thoughtfulness of hands-on and use this gospel leading into Kanye giving his voice into the choir on Jesus as Lord. Um, and it's fitting that in this section of Matthew 6, the last part is do not worry. <laughs> Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And it just kind of gets into all of that. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I feel like we're just at this part where Kanye is letting go of the fear. He's letting go of the worry, and he's feeling empowered again to not be scared, And we see that moving through, that even though there are still some hesitations that come up, some fears that might come up, that because he feels so connected to God at this point and through God to his mom, he feels like he can get through any of it and all of it and that it's all going to be okay and that all manner of things will be okay.
2: Yeah. And with all that, again, is, which I think is the most impressive and um interesting part of the song is just that heaviness of again he comes in at the end forever forever like it's very somber especially coming after the sunday service choir which is Mm -hmm. blown up you know it's very different not different energies there but i mean just the the volume and the the tone of them it it's to hear kanye come in and and be singing like that after like I think in thinking about everything you're saying, like there's still a lot to do and there's still a lot of heavy subject matter on this album, but being ready to take that on, like I think that's the fear we're talking about. Like that's why Kanye ain't scared. Of course he's going to do it. He's Kanye West. He's never gonna stop. He's gotta keep doing this. He's gotta make his mom proud. But there still is a ton of work to do. And I almost feel like that has to be part of the end here with kanye and it, it just thinking about the songs coming forward it's uh it's just such a i think it's the perfect way to end the song it, it has that mirroring effect kanye loves to do where like the end and the the beginning yeah, yeah. kind of match and even though it's the same the outro is the same as the intro like it carries a different meaning now after all of Donda's words after everything he's gone through i it's just such a great way to end it and then of course with Donda actually ending the song and saying that's It's awesome. I'm also thinking about the fact that Kanye chops up Donda's speech. She doesn't say the words, what did I teach him and why Kanye ain't scared. He took those from two different moments. They're pretty close to each other in the speech, but he kind of forms a new thought by putting those together. And I love the idea that it's like, he's just splicing together what, how Donda actually felt like she would, she did think about like, what did I teach him? Like I taught Kanye not to be scared. It, I, I kind of recognizing that and bringing that to the forefront and and telling the world like that's what my mom taught me. I I just love that.
3: Yeah, it's uh, actually not far in the speech from yeah where we were when she says um and talk about the intellectual prowess as he put it of hip-hop as well as about hip-hop and social justice so talking just a bit or so taking just a bit of poetic license karash changing a word or two i decided to share excerpts from my book and talk on hip-hop social consciousness and why kanye ain't scared And then says, Raising Kanye Life Lessons, what did I teach him? What did I learn? These are just a few of the thoughts, a few of the questions I had pondered as I began fulfilling the sometimes arduous task of writing my very first book. And then she launches into it. Right. Um, Like, I taught English for 31 years. It was the first time I thought about writing a book, yada, yada, yada. And a little bit of continuity correction? No, that's not... (laughs) the right term but just a bit of a correction we had mentioned that the why kanye ain't scared wasn't part of the speech when we did the praise god episode Mm -hmm. um looking ahead talking a little bit about this donda speech on donda um and it turns out it was it just genius has the whole speech transcripted but somehow left out those lines (laughs) yeah really random yeah travis was listening through it. And we had listened through parts of the speech already, but I guess somehow just didn't hear that. Mm -hmm. And you were going through it again and caught where it was. And I tweeted at Genius how annoyed I am with them. And somebody added it. (laughs) so Maybe Genius did it. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Uh, So that was nice. Um, But it is in there. And I do think Kanye being the... Chorus on "Keep My Spirit Alive," which is the next song, right? And we're going to mm-hmm. get into this when we do the the next episode. But there's been debates like, "Oh, Casey was so great. Like, I wish Casey Pluto was still doing the chorus." For those of you that don't know, or if you're listening to this in the future, the original version of Donda had "Keep My Spirit Alive" with Casey Pluto singing the chorus, and then a month and a half later, after the album came out, Kanye updated it, and it's him singing the chorus, which actually was the way. That the song was at the third listening party in Chicago. Um, Casey was gone. Kanye was singing it, but it wasn't on the initial release. But it's just the emotion of Donda and Kanye not being scared. Like why he ain't scared. Being the final uh, lines of that song to head into keep my spirit alive and have Kanye singing the chorus. I think just feels much more correct in terms of the, the narrative, the emotion, et cetera, et cetera. And even looking at the chorus, more than anything, you can take it all, but the Lord on my side, spirit won't die. Uh, oh, my life is in his hands, so I don't stress. I pray and strategize, which just gets at everything you and I were both talking right. about in terms of like moving beyond that fear, like having that sense of confidence in God, uh, reaching that point of everything we need. Uh, in Jesus King and the spiritual confidence that that brings and the confidence that that brings to every other aspect of your life.
2: Yeah. Just the way he communicates being over that fear, because you could say like, God, he's not fearful on uh, Jonah and okay. Okay. When he's going after Drake and all that, but he is like when someone acts like that, when they're like overcompensating, when they feel this yeah. need to project an image, like to me, that's just fear. And not being ready to 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 live as you are, wanting to give off a certain perception, like to be fearlessly yourself, like that's really what we get in this last third of the album.
3: Yeah, compare the way Kanye is talking to Drake on Jonah and OK OK <laughs> and even Junya, compared to how he's talking to him on Pure Souls. Right. And just that difference in like, you know. If you want to send it up, then I guess we'll send it up then. But like, you know, I'm just feeling good. I'm bouncing around. Like, I don't want to fight you. I don't need to fight you. But eh, if we have to, if we have to, sure. Yeah. Compared to like Jonah and OK, OK. It's just like, you will respect me. (laughs) Like, you all sound like me.
2: Ah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah, we did it.
3: We did it. (laughs) Another one in the canister
2: absolutely and how many to go seven to go Two,
3: three, seven songs and then uh outro no, episode
2: songs. four five six wait eight? Oh, yeah yeah keep my spirit alive. but one of yeah. them is eight. television, so <laughs>
3: <laughs> which we'll end up spending 90 minutes on uh, you're
2: probably not wrong
3: yeah, at least this one's you know only
2: an hour seventeen so far. All right, if we spend more time on television than Donda, something's wrong.
3: We'll be broken.
2: I am broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're already clearly broken.
3: <laughs> all right, then. Well, thank you all for listening. Yeah, uh, it's been a joy and pleasure once again talking some uh, Kanye West lyrical analysis with you.
2: Yeah, um, and. Just like last time, and the next time, and every time from here on forth, forever and ever. Amen. Stay wavy. Keep it loopy. La, 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 la,
1: la. And I am. The and they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them. The Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. Yeah. To the this is the last call for alcohol.